In this episode, we're discussing the penultimate episode of Lost Girl, Let Them Burn. But they better not burn, Bo. What is your plan? Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 123. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. And it is time for us to discuss in depth Let Them Burn, episode 15 of season 5. I did come up with a drink special for this episode. It, I was like, horses. There's lots of horses. And so the first one I clicked on that had horse in the name was called Horse and Rider Cocktail. And it was suggested to be made with Canadian whiskey. So I was like, yes, here we go. Perfect. Good. So It's a sign. I know. It's a sign. So this is half an ounce of apricot brandy, half an ounce of Canadian whiskey, if you can get it. They also recommend Crown Royal specifically. And you just pour them into an old-fashioned glass over ice. So there we go. I wonder which is the horse and which is the rider. Are we thinking like the, the whiskey's the, the horse and the apricot brandy is the rider? That's what I would think, uh, yeah. I never thought of it that way, but yeah. I imagine like this woman with kind of orangey colored hair riding a brown horse. I was going to say, I, I think apricot brandy would be more of a delicate thing, mm-hmm. whereas whiskey's kind of a, a strong, assertive force like a horse. Like a horse. Force like a horse. <laughs> I have such a gross image of horses and apricots now, but anyway. What? What? <laughs> I, I don't know. They just don't go well together. But what about papayas and horses? <laughs> those go better. <laughs> Then papaya brandy for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're going to kick things off with a message from our friend Kevin. So thank you, Kevin, for sending this in. As you folks know, I am one of the most positive people usually you're going to come across. It's my style. For a show like Lost Girl that I love, I got the blinders on. Sometimes I'm not going to worry too much about things. And you know, for me, it's very much about the characters in the show. All the other plot stuff, Hades, you know, papaya horse, everything else, very secondary. Uh, It was dealt with pretty well in this episode in terms of tying some long story bits together. But for me, it just, it hurts too much what Bo did near the end of the episode. I've watched it like three or four times now. I thought maybe the first time through it was Hades, you know, controlling her or her having gone all dark queen kind of stuff. But to see her gasp and burn down the clubhouse with her friends in it, just to get into Hades' good graces or to have him think that she's on his side, I just think that's too far. I really do. That's just too risky. You know, I, I've watched enough TV shows to know, you know, hey, you got to make yourself look like you're uh, as bad as the bad guy to have him trust you and, and all. But to me, for the characters, which is what I want to see here, to have her do that just crushes a lot of that. I'm sure it's going to bounce back in the finale. I'm sure something she does is going to make it all seem like it was okay. But damn, I just not pleased and, you know, don't know what to do. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing you guys talk about it. And I'm sure you will. And many other f- uh, fans have been online. But boy, that just sucked with a capital S. Well, it's it's kind of sad to see, to hear, I should say, hear Kevin so down because he's usually such a positive guy. But mm-hmm. I am similarly confused and concerned by Bo setting this fire. What was y'all's thoughts about that, Chris? <laughs> I think I said this in the First Impressions episode. actually sent the message to Stephanie when I was watching it, saying, I'm two minutes in, and I just said, God damn it! 
Because I was, again, it's one of those things like, you know, that there's going to be some explanation or some reason that it happened. But still, in that moment, you're just kind of like, yeah, damn. No. I I was (laughs) like, not the clubhouse. And then I was like, yeah, what's the larger plan here? And then upon a second viewing, I was like, yeah, that's really, did Bo leave a a secret trap door somewhere that's really obvious that they can find? But, you know, Lauren says, we're completely trapped. So obviously, it's not that obvious. But then there's that shot of of Dyson holding the beams up, and there's that long shot of him through the fire going, well, I can't let this go, otherwise the whole place is going to go down. And I thought, well, that shot's kind of telling. Is it like a super small opening that Mark will shift and he'll burst through the flames and everybody can get out, you know? And I I don't know. But yeah, that's just, I'm going to set the fire, assuming everybody can find their way out. Even if I'm not Darkbow, or am I? But I'm just trying to pretend so I can take down Hades. But still, I'm going to risk the life of everybody I love. I was going to say, there you go. Mark and Dyson can shift. And then Kenzie and Lauren can, like, ride them out of the (laughs) burning house. (laughs) That's hilarious. I I think this... (laughs) This season of, of Drinks of the Doll episodes is, uh, if Chris wrote their show. <laughs> and then everything ends in an orgy. No, I'm kidding. Yay! <laughs> or am orgy I? Orgy and drinks. Yeah, I've been trying to think all week about what Bo's big plan is here, because at first I thought, well, why didn't she just burn down the clubhouse and tell her father all of my friends were inside? But then I was like, well, okay, maybe she needed them to walk into the clubhouse so he could see that and then think they all died. But then I'm like, why didn't Because he's got powers, so who knows how omniscient he is. Exactly. Well, then I was trying to think, but then why couldn't she have told them up front, this is my plan, I'm going to pretend to kill you, there's an escape route here. Like, I I, I don't... Exactly. I can't believe that Bo wants to kill her friends, but she does seem to be herself and not possessed when she's pouring all the kerosene and she says to herself, like, sorry, guys, but this is for the best or something like that, or it's better But even that seems very weird. It seemed like a weird reading of that line to me. It's like, what? You know, it's like, you're yourself, but it just didn't sound like herself when she said it. It was very strange. I don't know. Or is like Kenzie in on the plan, and Kenzie's playing along just as just long enough to get Jack and Bo out of the. I don't know. There's got to be something, right? Yeah, but here's the thing: some I mean, reveal that whole in the next episode scene where the it was so contrived when the gang is in there, and Dyson's like kerosene. What do they do? They go deeper into the clubhouse <laughs> instead. Well, because Bo oh, might be in there. Let's get out. And of course, Bo is helpless, so they have to go help her. They have to go deeper <laughs> into the clubhouse before the fire sets behind them and, you know, goes, you know, in front of the door. And then that very obvious shot of the toaster box and the missing smoke alarm, which would have really helped Kenzie. Yeah. And when the fire sets, Lauren's like, fire. Mark's like, who did this? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. I love, generally, I love you writers, but can you not put such stupid lines in your character's mouth? Fire! Well, of course it's fire! What else are we supposed to just, oh god, it just made me groan. Here's my question. How come there's a shot of Kenzie looking at the toaster oven and the fire, ex- or the fire alarm being gone, and then saying, Jack or Jack did this or something. <laughs> I'm like, you're the one who knocked off the toaster. What? Or the, <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. She's the one who knocked off the fire alarm earlier. And, uh. and like you suggested, Annie, it wouldn't have done much good because the fire happened so suddenly. It's not like mm-hmm. it was a slow starting fire and then 
you know, they would have heard the smoke alarm beep or whatever. They weren't in the house until right before the fire broke out. So Exactly. And it's just like, kerosene, let's go deeper into the house. Oh, God, I just... <laughs> I mean, normally... so Yeah, you do see this on some shows as a trope, but I'm like... Oh, Lost Girl, why? Why did you have to do that? It's just, oh, to irritate so stupid. You. And yeah. the first time I watched the scene and they're all standing there surrounded by fire, I'm like, guys, how did you How did you get yourself into this mess? <laughs> how did you not? Stop, I, drop, I, and roll, I felt a little least. better when I, when I, toward the end, we see like, oh, she put kerosene down so this fire spread really quickly. But at, at the first I was thinking, how did y'all let it get burning this badly before you left the damn building? I know. <laughs> And I feel bad. It's like all of Trick's books are gone, so what he gave Lauren is gone, and where's the blanket? I mean, I don't know. It's, I guess it's, all his gifts won't come in handy, but I was just bummed. At the clubhouse. Maybe Bo put them in storage before she set the place ablaze. I don't yeah. know. There were a few this books. This is my headcanon until we hear otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I don't think we have the whole story here, but with what we saw, I'm just thinking, what is your plan here, Bo? I don't yeah. get it. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Did you also do a mental... Damn it. I no, I was more like, guys, how are you being so stupid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are the lines so lame? Damn your stupidity. Well, well, they don't say anything at the beginning all that much, but but when I saw, you know, supposedly Dark Bow, I was like, oh, this. It, like Kevin, it's a trope. <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. like, okay, fine. But I gotta say, it's not not one of my favorites. And no. well, I was worried that she was actually Dark Bow, because that's another trope, right? Is that mm-hmm. to have your, your hero turn to the evil side, and then she has to be brought back to the good side by her friends and her family. And I'd like that even less. I'm more okay with the idea that this is part of Bo's big plan, but I have no idea what the plan is. Right. I don't know. The way the story is heading, though, I think it will fall into that trope of, oh, her friends have to bring her back, and that's the plan. But she's not telling them the plan. Or did she, but we don't know that she did. That's true, but it doesn't See, look very obvious by the look on their faces as They fire seem spreads. pretty in the dark. I yeah. know, but... Despite being almost lit on fire, they seem pretty exactly. in the dark. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Thanks, bad, Chris. Stephanie. <laughs> that doesn't even deserve a pity laugh. <laughs> He was mocking laughter. (laughs) I know. I did, however, kind of appreciate that they kept up the the tradition in Lost Girl of we spent a lot of money on this scene. Let's use it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. That's true. They they did that with the explosion in Fatal Attraction. They did that with the car crash that happens at the end of season three. Like. I I appreciate y'all being thrifty. (laughs) Is it thriftiness? It's just it's it's getting their money's worth. Yes, it's practical. So moving on to the other big piece of Bo's storyline in this episode, having to do with lots of horses and the return of Luann. I was happy about the return of Luann. Yes. I'm glad they finally picked that up because as we were talking about several times this season, you know, the the fact that we're so close to the end, there's there's all this stuff that they'd sort of left hanging. So at least with this, we we get to, you know, come back to that and... There's that whole thing where Trick saved her from execution, and we didn't necessarily know why, but now we get clarification on that. We also get clarification. We were lamenting the other week that here Trick and Aoife were killed, and we really had no outside perspective, no objective perspective as to what actually happened with all of that. So thank goodness Luann came back and gave us some objective perspective as to what actually happened. So I think she gives us perspective on trick 
but I'm still confused about what happened to Aoife, personally. I think Fair enough. You are right in the fact that now we know, like, okay, Trick had go in- good intentions. He sent in Luann to try to help his daughter, but she couldn't or didn't at that point because Aoife was threatening to kill Bo, so she saved Bo instead. I, I'm glad to have that information. I It actually, I don't know if this happened to y'all, but when Bo and Luann first encounter each other and Bo was saying, like, Oh, I know you. You're Luann. Wait, you were my midwife? I was thinking, how did she not know that? I was like, oh, yeah, she didn't know that. <laughs> I'd kind of forgotten <laughs> what information Bo had. Right. I had that moment also. Yeah. How did she, did she know that when they first met? I can't remember. No. She just knew she was a dark fae woman on death row who'd been set up by her clan in order to take the fall for this this crime that Vex made her commit. And then we don't know until Trick tells Dyson that Luann was her midwife, who Luann actually is. So Bo did not have that piece of information. But it had been so long, I just kind of, in my head, thought, of course Bo should know this, but she doesn't. Right. Yeah. And I'm glad they managed to get the same actor back. That always bugs me when they take so long to bring a character back and it's a different actor. Is it the same actor? Hospital's been really good about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they have. But yeah, the whole time she was having the conversation, Luann was having the conversation about how she missed her kids and her husband, I felt so awkward because I'm... Or Kenzie and Bo are gonna tell him, yeah, Vex is kind of a he's kind of a friend of me, but more of a friend and you know, we all just bonded and by the way, we're all good now. You know? I thought, oh, so awkward. And they're kind of helping Ebony too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I guess they're not gonna give her full disclosure. Well, but isn't Ebony the one who had Luann working with the horses? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So she was already involved with the people who killed her family. Yeah. See, what I was thinking about when she was having that conversation was, was that the writers trying to bring us back to the conflict between Lauren and Bo? Because mm. her husband, her children, they were human. And that's the whole reason she got in trouble with the Dark Fae was because of choosing humans over her clan. And so I was wondering if that was the purpose of including that conversation. And if it was, I wish that we had seen Bo talk to her more about that rather than just sort of listen to her. I never thought of it that way. But yeah, they could have put in a line like, oh, yes, well, the human in my life that I love tried to turn Faye, but it didn't quite work. But it's okay because she's human and we'll have the rest spend the rest of our life having great sex. No, that's not the type of line I wanted them to include. But simply to the effect of, you know, why did you choose a human? Like, how did you how did you negotiate the idea of living longer? Like something like that, where she was asking Mm. Luann about her experience having chose a human over Faye. Yeah. And, but that might not be the purpose of them including that conversation, but that was just the immediate one that jump, jumped into my head. It mm-hmm. honestly didn't occur to me until you m- messaged me asking me if that's <laughs> what I thought they were doing. Like, I didn't think about it at all. There was no, to me, there was no inherent connection to Bo and Lauren. No, and that's fair. But then it's like, why include it at all? Well, I think maybe it was just, to me, it was more of a reminder of, oh, this is who this character was, and we're providing some background, blah, 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 you know. I would then say, but it then would have been a good opportunity to revisit this conflict between Bill and Lauren that we'd seen this season. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could very well have been intended as such, but yeah, I didn't think about it during the scene. And that's fair. But instead, we get lines about farty unicorns. But that's okay. okay. I gotta say, y'all were like, yay, fart jokes. I was kind of... I wasn't uh, yay fart jokes. I just thought it was amusing. (laughs) I just thought, yeah, I thought it was amusing that, you know, it's funny how Ksenia plays the 
poo on her shoe joke, you know? Uh, to me, I was kind of like, really, guys? Lowest common denominator humor here? I expected you to have that reaction. We know, Stephanie. <laughs> but they're, you know, a little levity. A little dumb levity to go with the uh, heavy talk about murdered family members. I don't mm-hmm. mind dumb levity, but I don't think they had to go quite that dumb. Like, <laughs> I didn't like it. Well, you have this and I have the fire line. So, yeah, we have dumb lines we don't like of this episode. But we did get a callback also to episode 501, like Hell Part 1, when Bo was singing She'll Be Riding Six White Horses, and she gets approached by all the horses. I kind of like that they called it back to the first scene of the first season. Or oh, not, I did too. Uh, the first season, the mm-hmm. first scene of this season. I, d- I did too. I liked that. But I was expecting those horses to do more. They were just regular horses? Okay. Or, yeah, there was no. really no follow through no. on the six white horses. That's my big thing that made me frustrated about this little side trip to Ebony's ranch is like, okay, yeah, we got to see Luann again and that was good, but it felt like a waste of time since they spent yeah. all this time riding trails to get to this fire-breathing horse that doesn't turn out to be the Pyrapus. And can I just say, this test where it's like, let me compare this horseshoe to this fire-breathing horse. Oh, the horseshoe doesn't fit. It doesn't fit, Bo! Like, I know, exactly! That's what I said. I said, it's a pretty big horseshoe. Bo's shoes aren't that big. I mean, clearly that's not a shoe for Bo. It fits the horse (laughs) spirit within her. (laughs) So that felt a little like, really? Then why did we spend time with it? Like, if this had been an episode earlier in the season, fine. But this is the second to last episode. Why are we wasting our time on this little little side trip that doesn't really lead anywhere? I just felt frustrated at the end of all that. Exactly. Yeah, me too. Because they spent all that time building the little Towers of Mordor. Yeah. <laughs> the Towers of Mordor Corral. Yeah. I mean, Chris had the same <laughs> yes. thought. We're all, hey, just saying. <laughs> you know, Bo has a line like, this side trip is great, but can we pick up the pace? And that's exactly what I'm thinking. Can we pick up the pace in this episode? Because I really felt like it slowed down. And as you say, Stephanie, it had no payoff, that whole flaming yeah. horse scene. Yeah, I do it- agree with you. Like, I wouldn't have been bothered by it if it had been earlier this season. but Or if it had led somewhere with the actual The pressure horse. is on, show. Yeah. Exactly, because this is what we'd been expecting the Pyrapus to be, is this fire-breathing horse-type thing. Though I think a lot of us were thinking, well, it's probably just a symbol. But if they were going to actually give us, like, here, here's a fire-breathing horse, and Bo thinks it's the Pyrapus, but no, wait, the Pyrapus is actually her, or inside her, or something like that. I mean, yeah, I would have been okay with it if this was back in episode three, but it's not. It's episode 15. You need to give me something that goes somewhere at this point. Yeah. But we got to see Luann again. We got to see Ebony again. We got a, a visit with Ebony, but I, I which was it was good to see her, but again at the end it kind of felt like why? And <laughs> she looks great still. I mean, is she ill yeah. really? I don't kind of don't believe she's actually ill. She looks I know wonderful. with that lead up with that lead up from Bo, it was kinda like okay, what's gonna happen? But no, she's just being her usual fabulous self. Mm-hmm. Which I, is good, I guess. Yeah, it was a good use of uh, Ebony this season, at least when she's human. It's very humorous and very funny, all the lines she has. What do you do with a weird mole? You burn it off. And I find it interesting that now that she's human, she finds, she of course can find the humor in that and the advantage in that going, oh, the gossip is great, and how she's looser with the dark face secrets. I find that very interesting. But she still admits at the same time, you know, I always wanted to kill you, Bo. And I'm like, yeah, that's Ebony. I am curious, though, if they're going to bring her back for the last episode, too. 
I, I hope, hope so, they because do. we still I have hope this, they do. her illness hanging. It's like, is she going to survive? Is she going to die? Is Lauren even still working on something? I That's how I thought we would see her again, is in the context of Lauren working right. on trying to help her. So it was a little surprising to me that this was this was the context that we got her in for this episode was at a party. Right. And like, are they going to refay her and then, you know, reinstate her in her position of power? Like, what's going to happen? Well, I'm wondering if that something like that would happen in the last episode, because we finally have more dark and light fae elders if she'd come in and try to reassert her power or something. I don't know. Right. There are options is what I'm saying. It's true. But obviously, and we alluded to it before, the big reveal of this episode is that Bo is the Pyrrhus, apparently. But I'm just kind of like, huh? How does Dark Horse make sense now? I think it has to do with Jack's handprint, maybe? Because there was the whole big deal about Jack's handprint on Bo, and that was leading to all the the events that were going to lead to the Pyrrhus appearing. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, because the Sinvat is opening and Trick is yelling, something big is happening, the Pyrrhus is coming. But if the Pyrrhus is Bo, did that mean the evil Bo was going to appear? Because somebody at some point, and I think it's maybe Bo, has a line about, I can feel that it's crossing the bridge or something like that. Like, it really sounds like a separate entity in Dark Horse. And I just, I don't understand, I just don't understand how this makes sense in what we've been told previously. Yeah. Here's another question. Has the Pyrrhus always been in Bo? Because well, maybe it wasn't, and maybe it is now. Maybe that's what she felt. Well, I did like I the know. lines that were the callbacks to, you know, when she sucked out all the chi out of all the people to save Lauren from the lick, and when she saved Dyson from the dawning, and how that oh, was right. the manifestation of the Pyrrhus. But was that the first time the Pyrrhus was in Bo, or was activated in Bo, is when... You know, the people she loves are in danger or dead, yet it comes with a consequence because then she becomes, you know, dark side slash evil bow slash daddy taking over. I don't know. And who has control of the Pyrrhus when it emerges in bow? Does that mean Hades has control of it? Or It's kind of been implied because that when she, that's when she goes all, you know, I will sit beside my father and we will reign and we will father. choose who lives and who dies and... So it seems to be connected to Bo's father. Right. It always seemed like that was what was going to happen. But now I'm curious because she was given the horseshoe, because apparently the horseshoe is supposed to allow her to keep control of it. Right. Isn't that what's happening? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It was given to her. I for think protection. that's what's been implied so far. I guess. I, I, and that, that's uh, what Bo was saying to Kenzie. It was that I don't have control over it now that I know that I'm the Pyrrhus. So she just has to hold on to that horseshoe and nail it to the end of her heel in the next episode, and she'll be fine, <laughs> I guess. No, I don't think so. Maybe it's stuck somewhere in her cleavage. <laughs> but this is partially why I was so grumpy, is because I am the type of person who wants to try to go back and make sense of things. And I'm just, I feel exhausted at this point, trying to make sense of all of this Pyrrhus and Bo's father's stuff. And I just am like, I kind of feel like, Ugh, okay, fine, she's the Pyrrhus. I'll just, fine. Yeah, I just get confused. And I think in some aspects, writers will never be as nitpicky as fans in that we're like, wait, wait a minute, what about this episode? And what about this? And I don't know if they know how much we go back and do that. Back in episode 310, mm-hmm. at the 27 minute mark. No, I don't know. I don't know what happened then. And this is the... This is the problem with spinning out 
a storyline for this long mm-hmm. is that you really have to be very diligent about all of the details that you put in various episodes. And in my experience, TV writers don't always like to do that. Some of them do, but a lot of them want to be able to kind of craft the story around where it seems to be headed at a particular moment. So it's really hard to do well. So I'm just feeling frustrated about this whole Bose the Purpose thing and how that jives with what we've been told for like three seasons now. I'm not frustrated. I'm just confused, but I get easily confused. So that's just. But me. I think the confusion has led to frustration. Is what I'm what I'm hearing yes. from Stephanie. Oh, okay. Yes. I'm still at the confused stage. <laughs> you aren't frustrated any? No. Not so confused. You're frustrated. I'm just frustrated about the lack of document sex, but you guys know that. <laughs> also, okay, back to the Pyrapus and Bo and Bo is the Pyrapus or the Pyrapus is inside Bo or something. Uh-huh. Foreshadowed by the Nyx in Iris? Yes? I guess, maybe? I didn't really think about it because I'm not really a fan of the whole Nyx-Iris storyline, but I don't know. Probably that's what they were going for, because this idea that parents putting some tool they want to use in hiding it inside of their children, weird, which just sounds weird. I Probably that's what the writers were going for, Chris. I agree. Right. Moving on to talk about Tamsin, we also got a voice message from Taryn. If I had to really briefly sum up what bothers me after watching episode uh, 515, Let Them Burn, it really upsets me that a show that's been sex positive uses sexual assault needlessly as a plot element and then continues to violate the character who's been assaulted. When I started watching Lost Girl, I was really impressed with how sex positive the show was. I mean, here's a bisexual lead character who feeds off sexual energy, and they spend a lot of time early on, Lauren especially, trying to convince her that she's not a freak, that she's not a monster. We see early in the first season that Bo has a threesome with a married couple. We see Bo with multiple partners in the same episode, like uh, in Vex when she's earlier with Dyson and then later with Lauren. There's no slut-shaming. It's just totally normal in their little world that people have sex with other people, and biological sex and gender seem inconsequential. And then this show that I bragged about, because it was so sex-positive, jumped the shark with a sexual assault in season five. Everything that was good about how the writers and the show normalized sex got screwed over in the past few episodes. And I know that you've already talked about this on the podcast, but I just can't get past this. Why a sexual assault? Why did we need this to advance the plot? I'll acknowledge for just a second that I do at least believe the pain that they've written for Tamsin. To me, the realest moment was that we've had with the sexual assault is when Tamsin realized it wasn't Bo who she'd slept with, and she immediately vomited. Tamsin's pain has been real, especially in episode 15, Let Them Burn. Um, I think Rachel played that really, really well. But why did it have to happen at all? Jack has clearly had his claws in Tamsin since he hired her to find Bo before season three ever happened. We know Jack is evil. Why did they have to go this route, especially if they were going to have Bo be the parapest and seemingly join Jack? They didn't need to have the pregnancy if he already had a child who was seemingly joining him. Rather than any characters fighting back against the evil that is Jack for assaulting Tamsin, the writers continue to strip Tamsin of everything she is because raping her wasn't enough. She's imprisoned and no one is trying to save her. Instead, we see that Jack continues to assault her by taking away her wings. If she were human, we'd say that he's taken away all that makes her human. He's taken away all that makes her a Valkyrie. The writers have totally decimated Tamsin. They took one of our feistiest, strongest characters and violated her over and over. And because mystical pregnancy wasn't enough of a trope to cling to, the writers have to kill Valkyries in childbirth, too. 
Tamsin punching Jack repeatedly wasn't enough redemption. I don't feel like any of the characters are fighting to avenge what happened to Tamsin. And really, what happened to Aoife, too. The writers haven't made Tamsin a survivor. They haven't empowered her. They've done the opposite when they stripped her of her wings. I believe that Bo has an endgame by joining Jack, but it was so painful to hear Tamsin calling to her and Bo ignoring her for Jack's benefit. Are we going to get an overall happy ending to the series? Maybe, but there will be no avenging the assault. They just won't. There will be no way that the writers can make this right, especially in one episode. I hate that what I loved as a sex-positive show has devolved into this. I can't get past this. I want to be all into cheering for Docubus, because I'm totally a Docubus fangirl. And I want to cheer for this Docubus happy ending. But this Tamsin stuff is like a gut punch that I just can't get past. I'll never forgive the writers for the ways that they violated Tamsin. So thank you, Taryn, for sending in that message. The first time I tried watching this episode, I got to the first scene with Jack and Tamsin, and I had to stop. I was so mad. I had I had to stop. I'm like, I just can't. I can't do this right now. I can't. Wow. I am similarly furious about this, but yeah. I mean, I'm not thrilled with the writers, but I did mostly. I managed during my first watch through to be mad at Jack. <laughs> and then it's like, why did the writers do it? It's bad enough what happened to Tamsin. It's like, this is the worst season for Tamsin. And now we have to have imprisonment and this character that we so love. That's such a badass. Be so, be such a victim and a, what's the word? Damsel in distress. That's what I kept thinking. And I was like, oh, writers hate, hate your choices here. I had a conversation, a short conversation about this with Melanie Killingsworth, who's been on the podcast before. And she was saying, well, at least I think the writers know that it's terrible what's Jack, what Jack is doing to Pam's. I'm like, yes, I know that they do, clearly. But I just don't know why. I just don't know why this is necessary. I, I liked the conversation that y'all had in the short episode about the fact that, and, and I agree, in this episode, I think it made it clear what their motivation might have been for including it so that we could see what happened to Eva through what is happening with Tamsin. Mm -hmm. But I still don't know that it was really necessary because in addition right. to, uh, you know, I had a pretty bad idea of what happened to Eva already. When we hear from Eva's description of what happened to her in Family Portrait, she's all like, oh, no, you know, I loved your father. We were born of love. Even when she's back at Bo's club. I called her Blow again. Bo <laughs> <laughs> Even when Eva's back at, at Bo's clubhouse, she's saying, no, 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 that was true. I did love your father, but then. So having Tamsin tricked, raped, impregnated, wings cut off. Like, why is this necessary? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I don't either. I mean, I, I... It is one of those things where, as a result, you do hate Jack even more than you already did. Yes. Because it's more visceral and more immediate than everything that happened to Eva, I guess. But, yeah, I still... I don't think it was necessary. Well, and I feel just so bad that, you know, again, it's bad enough that they're doing it, but to do it at the end of the series, to go against the grain of everything that the series originally stood for with That's what I was going to say, too. Like and, you know, a sex-positive show, and to take a character that has become very beloved to a lot of the fandom 
And to have her end up in this situation, I mean, we don't know what the last 44 minutes will bring, but it's just to have her be so, you know, like mutilated and victimized and this demon baby. And then there's that one point where she's like potentially thinking about committing suicide, you know, with the fork thing. And I was just like, why? Why did it, when you think it can't get worse, it kind of does. And I'm like, why did the writers, A, have to do this in the first place? But now that they're doing it, they're going to take it even more and even further and make it worse and worse and worse with every scene. And I just feel so bad for Tamsin and for the fans of Tamsin to see this character in this position at the end of the series. It makes me furious. And Tamsin already had a rough season before any of this exactly. happened. Yeah. yeah, it's the worst season ever. I think it really bothers me, and par- this is partially why mystical pregnancies bother me is this is something that's only done to female characters and Mm -hmm. seeing a a character like this completely disempowered almost always female characters and this is not why i watch a show about a nookie powered succubus who kicks people's asses i don't watch that type of speculative fiction to see women completely victimized and disempowered i can go watch law and order svu for that so i just get really furious with speculative fiction with sci-fi fantasy when they give us kind of the same thing that you can get in like so-called real shows in a universe where anything is possible right Mm. it just it does feel to me too much like it goes counter to the spirit of this show yeah yes it just it's a really weird decision i'm really trying to stay hopeful and positive for the last episode but this one i just kind of it got me at my got my grump factor up and i and i apologize for being so grumpy in this discussion but i'm just they're doing some things that really just push my buttons and i have big issues with generally whether it's on mm-hmm. this show or any show so it's right. it's difficult yeah i i have complicated feelings about it because i do feel like they're at least now especially given as awful as the events of this episode were, I feel like it did at least give me an insight into why the writers decided to include it. Right. Because that was my big frustration before is like, I don't even see why this is relevant or important or necessary. Like, why did the writers decide to make this decision? It's just, it, it made no sense to me. So now at least I feel like I understand why, but yes, this plot, this it is sort of a, I mean, it's a trope. This is a thing that happens pretty mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. And it just, it frustrates me. It bothers me. But I'm willing to give them the last episode. I still don't think it's necessary, mind you. I, I no. still am bothered greatly by it. But at least I feel like they're going somewhere with it now. They might be able to do something okay with it, but I'm never going to like the choice. I'm just never going right. to like it. Mm, yeah, yeah, me neither. And it's... And that's true, Chris. It's like, yeah, there's now we have more context and you can kind of see why they went in this direction with comparisons to Aoife. But again, it's like, did they have to hit the nail so freaking hard on the head? Oh, let's do this to Tamsin. Let's do this. Let's take her wings off. Let's, you know, and it's just, oh. It's like, how are they going to fix that? Yeah. There's also this issue of we are told in this episode by Jack, at least, that Valkyries die giving birth. And this is something we've been wondering would happen because, again, trope. Mm-hmm. And right. so now it sounds like it could possibly come true. They might not do that. But we did get kind of a confirmation that that is at least something that might happen by the end of the season. Right. 
And we got a comment from Candace on Twitter saying, it's open to a broad range of creative interpretations, meaning the storyline. I never expect anything less from these writers. It's not easy to watch, but Rachel does an amazing job on the screen in these difficult scenes, in my opinion. And I agree. Yes, I think she does. Rachel's mm-hmm. doing yeah. a great job with this material. Yeah. I agree, too. It's really hard to see, but yeah, Rachel does do a great job. But I just wish it was... Which is part of what makes it so hard to watch. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, yeah, just wish it was not so heart-wrenching material. I have this thing where if there's some abusive dude in a TV show, I mentally imagine, mentally imagine as opposed to the other kind of imagining, <laughs> I imagine Helena, like from, from Orphan Black, Orphan Black's Helena, magically entering the scene and just like destroying the abusive dude. And it makes me mildly happier for a moment. I'm hoping, though, that Helena doesn't need to come and that... Bo can do it, you know? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or Tamsin can do it. Tamsin rallies and yes. manages to do it herself. I think both of them deserve a, a shot of, well, a shot at Jack. Destroying yeah. Jack. Which is why I really wanted Aoife to stick around longer. I wanted her to be involved in taking down Jack as well. Right. But that's, yeah. ship has sailed. And they've barely mentioned Aoife, which seems odd to me. Well, and that was the thing that made the Tamsin scene so hard to watch, was that you could see her trying to rally and trying to rally, and then it just doesn't work, and she's just so destroyed at the end, and I'm like, oh. Well, let's move on, I guess, to the the final big plot thread for this episode about involving Dyson and Mark and calling the Concilium. Ah, Concilium. (laughs) Which we've never heard about before, right? Yeah, have we? I don't think think so. Because I, as they were calling Concilium, it's like, why did we not do this when the Garuda showed up? I was thinking that too. I'm like, why didn't they do this at the end of season two? This feels like we're back in season two with the Garuda and needing to mm-hmm. unite the clans in order to face this big evil. Well, it was the same thing that I think it was the same comment we had when they first went to face the Garuda with the god awful Bam Bam Flintstones, you know, sticks that they had. And everybody was like, that's it? That's all that's left to face the Garuda is the gang? And. You know, two of them are humans. No, nothing against humans, but just in terms of the fae. And, you know, Lauren mentions, well, everybody's fleeing town. But still, it's like, nobody's left. And, I don't know, maybe this time some of them stuck around or don't take Hades seriously. So that's my headcanon as to why there are more fae around this time. Well, and this one hasn't... It's not so much that I had a question about that, because this hasn't really affected... The Fae, generally, it seems like, the way that the Garuda did. This has been... I suppose that's true. More of a... Well, but, but, personal but that battle. just makes me... Yeah, it's been, it's been more of a personal thing for Bo and her group of friends. But then that makes me wonder, additionally, like, why didn't they call the Concilium when the Garuda was around? It actually affected the two, two, two clans more, because they were bursting into vol- violence all the time. Or what about with know. the situation with the Nyx? Because the world was going to be destroyed. Yeah, exactly. but that was only one episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <sighs> <laughs> Thank you, Annie. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I'm kind of a little worried now that we have the light and dark fae elders. I mean, yay for them, but I envision a big battle the next episode. <laughs> the last episode where they're all fighting Hades and they all just get offed like really quick by, you know, Hades or Super Succubus Bow because they're that powerful. But still, I don't want this Concilium thing and all the Light and Dark Fae Elders to take up a lot of screen time, I hate to say it, for the last episode. I'm like, oh, oh they'll probably they all will. just be... Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm probably like, oh, they're all just going to be offed in a poof of dust, and then they'll all go, oh my god, look at how powerful Hades is. No, I don't so. think necessarily that he's going to kill them even, but I don't think they're going to be 
featured that heavily. I mean, here's here's my thinking. If we're bringing back the light-dark divide, which they've largely set aside for this season, do we think that they're partially brought back because somehow Bo or somebody is going to do away with the divide? I, By destroying them all? Yeah, maybe. Here's the thing, like, I... This is why another reason why I felt grumpy, because that's kind of what I thought the whole series was building toward. Right. In which case... Especially as of, like, the end of season three. Yeah. In which case, though, I, I'm like, why have they not been focusing on that this season? So I kind of hope that it doesn't, <laughs> which sounds weird. <laughs> and, like, save that for the, for a movie, because hopefully we might get a TV movie after after the series has ended. But because I don't want it to because that's been a big part of the show for many, many seasons. And I don't want it to just be smushed into essentially one episode like, oh, we're just going to end this big system that's existed for thousands of years. Yeah. Don't want it to just be paid lip service to. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it might happen for sure. But I don't want it to just be something that just, yeah, lip service is a good expression for it, Chris. Well, that and Dyson had his little Okay, enough. Trick, you want a peace between the clans, and now, you know, I'm going to join all of you together. And then they just decide to go, okay, here, we're going to offer up our weapons after a thousand years of conflict. Okay, we'll do it. Well, and that's another thing. Like, an impassioned speech by Dyson unites the clans. Like, uh Yeah. No, please no. I'm like, would they necessarily believe him that Trick was the Blood King? Mm. Yeah. But now we're just nitpicking. Yeah. yeah. As we do. But but again, like that's why I it was feeling frustrated. I'm like, this is something that I wanted to see, but not in one scene or not in two scenes. I wanted it to be a right. longer story arc because I felt like they'd positioned Bo to be the person to do that since she was unaligned. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I'm so confused about with the, this ancient stuff because it seemed like at the end of season four they had set it up really well to be all about the light dark situation with like turning Ebony human. And, you know, what would that do to the Dark Fae? And Bo's like, I'm not Dark Fae. I'm nothing. Like, you know, reasserting herself as the unaligned succubus. Yeah. So I just feel confused. That's fair. I was also surprised that they mentioned during that whole exchange about the light and Dark Fae that they said something like the Dark Fae are in chaos since the Morrigan had been turned human. I'm like, they haven't replaced her yet? Really? They haven't replaced Trick yet? I mean, even though it seems it's a shorter time since he's been gone. But, like, we know how they choose a new Ash. Do we know how they choose a new Morrigan? No, they haven't mentioned. But I was still surprised that they hadn't done that. Because it's been a while since... It'd been a while. Yeah. Trick just died. Okay, fine. They need a little time. But the Morrigan has been dethroned for a while now. Yeah. I will say, and maybe I'm alone in this. I know especially Annie. A lot of frustration when it comes to Mark. But I actually thought Mark was well used in this episode. Uh, No, he was, I thought. This was stuff that... We saw between Dyson and Mark in this episode, this is stuff that I was hoping they would do with his character when they introduced him. Yeah. yeah because his arguments were valid, and Dyson is so... He's kind of blinded when it comes to... I mean, it's, what, a thousand years of loyalty to the light? And he's so just into one way of thinking about the divide between the light and the dark. But it's good for Mark to give him perspective, because he hasn't chosen a side, and that's what kids are supposed to do. They're supposed to show their parents, hey, it's not always going to be this way, you know? But I thought they had some good scenes together. And the little bit that Mark says about Vex. Oh, for all the Vark fans. You know, I trust him. Does it give hope to the shippers? <laughs> I suppose. I'm just saying they could have read in a line there. Or they could have read in something in that line. I did. <laughs> I, I did, however, have this 
thought when Dyson launches into his prejudices against the Dark Fae that I, I'd see, they seemed a little out of date to me. It seemed more like season two Dyson, because if nothing else, he's formed a really close relationship with Tamsin and mm-hmm. can more or less stand Vex now. So it, it felt a little out of place to me that he was still so vehemently prejudiced against the Dark Fae, but maybe that's just me. I actually feel like maybe it even could have worked okay even earlier this season, like at the beginning of the season, because remember, he's so mad at Vex for the way yeah, yeah, season four thinking. ended mm. mm-hmm. with Massimo? Massimo killing Hale and Massimo being raised by the Dark Fae, you know? Like, I feel like that attitude could have fed into it, but yeah, mm-hmm. at this point, it seems a little odd. Yeah. But I did really like those scenes between him and Mark, where Mark was challenging those assumptions that he's making is like, well, what about if I became dark? Like, I don't know who I am as a person. What if I was dark? Mm-hmm. Thing? What would that mean about us? I, I liked that they used Mark in that way here. Right. Yeah. I also like that Mark was all, you know, well, maybe I won't choose a side. Like, you know, Bo mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. I liked that. Cause too. this was something, this was something I had sort of wondered about before when Bo declared herself on a line. Like, is that going to be a thing now mm-hmm. with, with the young people? I guess. Although what? I was like, I'm sorry, Mark, but I don't think of you on the same level as Bo of, I, I'm unaligned, I choose humans, and I'm like, eh, but it's Mark. Oh, well, <laughs> you know. I mean, no, but just a, as again, a character. As, but, as a symbol of yes. young people in general, yeah. like future generations, like... I volunteer as tribute. Sorry. No. no. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it just came up. That, that doesn't mean what you think it means. I, I know, I know. <laughs> No, the scene where Mark shifted, I did really like that scene where Dyson is talking him through it, because that was a really good bonding between father and son, because he's the only one who can explain to him what's going on and how to shift back. But what exactly did Mark shift into? Could y'all tell? Uh, like a panther-like Yeah, was thing? it supposed to be a big cat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I thought. Yeah. You need to turn the brightness settings on your monitor up. So. No, yeah, no, what did you I think could your phone? see it. I, I just was like, it was making noises that sounded kind of like a wolf. I was completely, oh, I, yeah, I was trying to figure out what it was. I thought it was cool, though. Was cool <laughs> special effect. It's a big black cat. Okay, but here's the thing that's so silly about this scene. I mean, he, he shifts back and true to shifters, he's got no clothes. And then there's this big dramatic thing. Mark says, okay, you know, I'll choose or whatever. And then he's, he's like, okay, I have to go. And Dyson says, okay, I love you. You know, you're my son. You'll always be my son. And then so I'm like, what, is Mark going to go off and find himself and figure out what side he is and go off and roam the woods naked as a panther or whatever? And then no, he's, he's going to go off and get himself some clothes again. <laughs> okay. But then, you know, it just to me, that really implied a scene of goodbye and we wouldn't see him. But then he's back in the next scene. And Wearing then I was like, what looked ah. like the same clothes. Did y'all have that Exactly. Well, he just picked him up off the alley floor, you know? Oh, okay. Maybe he stripped before he went into the alley. My big question, though, during that scene was when <laughs> after he shifted back and Dyson gave him his jacket, I was like, what is he covering with Dyson's jacket? His back or his front? Like... <laughs> Because you can't, it'd be hard to cover the entire, the entire. He's covering his front periphery. I would cover the front personally, but well, now I can't remember how where he like tied the arms of the jacket. Was it at his back or his front? I thought he just put the. Why are we analyzing this so much? I thought he just held it at his front because clearly this is the important discussion that we need to have. (laughs) Jesus, (laughs) Al was 
How was Mark wearing Dyson's how jacket? Was, how was Mark as covering an apron? himself? Can we, yeah. That's what I was That's thinking the about during the last part of the scene. Like, that was what my brain was preoccupied with. Is he covering his back or his front? It's like his jacket's a terrible. His front. He's he's mooning Dyson as they're having this as he's poignant away. discussion. I love you, son. I can see your bum. <laughs> we just got a message. Vex wishes he was there to see it. <laughs> how bet he was. I was hoping that maybe Mark might shift at a little more of a dramatic moment, but I did like the way that the post-shifting scene was handled between Dyson and Mark. So most most of all, I was happy about it, but but I was thinking... Even though you were thinking about how <laughs> Vex had Dyson's jacket positioned. <laughs> how Vex you had appreciated Dyson's jacket positioned? Is that what you said? What? I thought you said how Vex had Dyson's jacket positioned. Did I? Yeah. Yes, Mark. you did. Sorry. In which case... That... Oh, never mind. Oh, my brain's going it's to place. Floating. Okay. So... <laughs> I misspoke. You did. It's okay. No, you didn't. Because nobody else ever does that. No, nope, I never uh-huh. do that at all. I always say exactly what I mean. When you were talking about Mark shifting at a more, um, could have been in a more dramatic moment, I do really like the idea. Now I can't get rid of the, of the visual of Kenzie writing. Uh, <laughs> of Kenzie like writing that. Dyson. <laughs> oh, at, God. oh, God. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. And Lauren writing Mark. Oh, God. Oh God no, 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 no. Out of the fire. <laughs> Gross. Ah, what did I just do? <laughs> Maybe Bo will shift into a horse for the last episode, and Lauren will just ride her off into the sunset, and that'll be the end of the series. <laughs> Yay! Can Kenzie go too? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Everybody like, shift. Fine, but Tom could be on a moped riding alongside them. <laughs> Something that made me really happy in this episode was the fact that it began with Bo and Kenzie together in the kitchen. I was like, oh, yes. they're back yeah. And they're doing their little thing where they're kind of, you know. I know. And Bo's like, no, you have to go away. And Kenzie's like, uh, I went to Spain to get, you know, to get away from the Fae, not from my bestie. I'm like, yeah, she's staying. There's only two episodes left, Bo. She's staying. Bo doesn't know that, though. <laughs> you can't send her away from us, Bo. We want her to stay. And it was nice that Kenzie was being very Kenzie and burning toast and cracking jokes about exactly. how since Bo has been in a coma, she should really be on a liquid diet. <laughs> it made me happy. Yep. Prego wants some ego. I, th- I thought that was funny. Mm. Even though. I know. Damn it. <laughs> I know. Damn it's it. Like, it's a cute Prigos. line, but it, it's a, such an upsetting situation. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But Chris, you and I had talked about this. I don't know if we talked about this in our short episode. How much time had passed between the end of the last episode and the beginning of this one? I mean, how long had Paul Vex been out bleeding on the floor? And initially, when I saw the open window shot, I thought, and I was like, oh, Tamsin. I thought, I envisioned Tamsin, like, fighting Jack off before she got captured. Or she saw Vex and then just went out the window after Jack. You know, instead of her getting captured by Jack. I think she'd already been captured, Mm -hmm. was the impression I got. Yeah, because Vex went up the stairs trying to find Tamsin, and she wasn't there, and he found Jack instead. So I think the implication was that he was there because he had just kidnapped Tamsin, which honestly didn't occur to me at the end of last episode. I just figured Tamsin wasn't in the room, and he, you know, Vex stumbled across Jack. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is probably why it was even more upsetting than it probably would have been otherwise to see that Tamsin had been captured in this episode, because it didn't even occur to me last episode. I can't remember if it occurred to me or not. I'm just really curious how this whole confrontation between uh, between 
Bo and hopefully her friends and Jack goes down because they've made it very clear that he's pretty impervious to powers and it doesn't seem yeah. to take a beating at all. Seems to just shrug it off. So how exactly they're going to defeat this clearly very powerful figure, I am not sure. Doesn't have to do with Lauren turning the crank on the box. Like what <laughs> That's true. We still well, have that. and he put the hand hickey back on Bo. It's like, Bo, how is that part of your plan? Because now you're under his influence. I mean, is there a plan? We hope so. That'll work. Once your friends get out of the fire and Hopefully you're not too singed, and hopefully you're not dead of smoke inhalation, you know? Hopefully she brought that knife with her that she used to cut it out the first time. Well, she see, we see that she had her trusty dagger in her bag that she took with her, so maybe the other knife is out of yeah. is there. She seemed so. to have a bag of weapons, so I'm hoping mm. she brought along that knife, too. But he had been banished to Tartarus before, right? Like, he was stuck there until, well, released until he him. was brought back with the box, so there's... Should be some way to do it again, right? But wasn't it implied... Yes, he was stuck there, but it was implied that he chose to go there. Like, he lost the draw and kind of Mm, chose mm -hmm. to go down there, so they didn't have to send him kicking and screaming. But it did seem like he was trapped there. You're right. How how did he get down there in the first place? What was the mechanism that trapped him there, even if it was by choice? Was it Freya's necklace? Or... He let everyone believe that. He got seduced by the necklace. And they do still have that. So the necklace might come into what play. What kept him there, though? The box? I don't get it. No, the box was the tool used to release him. And okay. I guess it did trap the Nyx, too. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's we don't supernatural know fantasy stuff. It doesn't necessarily have to make logical sense. My point being, though, that he had been trapped before. So, mm-hmm. theoretically, it should yeah. be possible to trap him again. Yeah. Absolutely. If that's what they want to do. So is it Lauren turning the crank on the box? Because <laughs> we do still have that dream that Bo had. I just want Lauren to turn the crank on Bo's box. End of scene. End of <laughs> end of series. Grossest Gross. metaphor ever. Gross. We do still have the thing with uh, Levi. Oh, like they're going to revisit that, Chris. Yeah, I wish. I know, but <laughs> let me dream. And then... You you keep saying, Stephanie, oh, what about Ebony calling in the favor from Kenzie and with with uh, Nate? And I'm like, I don't think we're seeing that because Ebony's kind of human and doesn't have the influence or the power that she used to have. I mean, Somebody uh, did point out, though, that apparently Ebony and Vex had captured Eros before, right? Yeah. So they'd, they'd captured and imprisoned an ancient themselves. So mm-hmm. maybe Bo should uh, go to them for help. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sad but accepting the prospect that we might not get some resolution to the morrigan zillion little plots and storylines and in the next 44 minutes yeah yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of sad and accepting too i just i just hope it ends i don't know i don't know if i could say well but just i don't want more people to die and i don't know i'm 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 so many things about the last episode. I'm nervous, I'm excited, I'm sad, I'm just I just will need a drink. We also had a little while ago Docubus fifty seven was saying was asking, Do all Valkyries give birth to only girls? We saw in the penthouse a crib that is mostly pink with ribbons and things. Do we think Tamsin's baby is a girl? I don't know. I think maybe the crib is from Bo. So Yeah. Well, I thought it was left over from Bo yeah. from that scene and set recycling, but yeah, yeah. So I don't know if Valkyries only give birth to girls. I know Valkyries are only women, 
I was gonna say it wouldn't surprise me if it's but just. Then how do Valkyrie girls. keep repopulating if they die in childbirth? I don't understand. Well, they because they, they go can on have to their a baby before they die, right? Yeah, and then they die, and then they go on to their next life. If, and they, if they have they lives to, to spare, birth, I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. It's very confusing, Valkyrie. This but as I was Valkyrie telling Annie before, it's like built. as long as you've got some, then because it's a replacement of one for one. Mm-hmm. So it's true. If they give birth and die at the same time, so. uh, okay, confusing. And I think there's also the implication since they have multiple lives, if they died, they could be reborn. But since Tamsin's on her last life, she wouldn't be yeah. reborn after dying in childbirth if she does do that. I'm Just still have a wizard thinking wave it's- wand, and it'll be fine. In the last episode, it'll all be fine. Tamsin will live. The Demon baby won't be a demon baby. It'll just be a regular baby and a wizard or a blood sage. Yeah, a wizard. Wizard. No, I'm Annie. We also had the repetition in the last episode of Trick's line of "You are my blood too." We had wondered if that meant that Bo might have some ability she didn't know about because of Trick's blood. I don't know that that's likely, but they did repeat that in. Follow the yellow trick road. That's what my thought was, that she'd discover some ability of tricks within her that would overtake Katie's power. I don't know. I mean, what what we did hear earlier in earlier seasons was that that's how Aoife and Bo managed to control people with their blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to come in handy or... Somehow she'll dose him and control him. Lauren will dose yeah. him. Or if there will be new powers revealed, or if it'll be going back to the one that was used in season two. That's fair. Yeah. Because they haven't really revisited that. They haven't. Because Bo's not like that. She doesn't want to control people. But it might be helpful right now, is all I'm saying. Yeah, here's the thing. If Bo does somehow use Trick's blood to control Hades, or to even rewrite history so that all this doesn't happen, so that Tamsin would live, I mean... I, I don't want, like, a Dallas-type ending, though. Bo rewrites everything, and then everything, poof, is gone, and then it's fine. I don't like the rewriting history thing either. That doesn't, for me, that doesn't jive with the spirit of the show. Since the spirit of the show is live the life I choose, it's like, well, I don't want Bo choosing how everybody else is living their lives either. You know what I mean? And somebody yeah. had tweeted us saying that they think the ending will be that it'll reveal that Bo has been in her dawning all along and will t- be taken back to season three. And I don't like that idea particularly. I was thinking that might be how season three ended and that would have been mm-hmm. more okay because it was a short period of time. But right. to undo two seasons now at this point, two and a half seasons, eh, I don't love that idea. I don't mm, either. Yeah. Or to rewrite it all with Trick's Blood or something. Yeah. 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 I don't like those options but, personally. Yeah. Those are my, just my personal preferences. Yeah. Any other thoughts about the last episode before we wrap up? Well, can we keep a tradition and make a docubus kiss at the end? <laughs> so seriously, that's how most seasons have ended. I haven't. I, it's I, true. I wasn't sure where you were going with that, Annie. For uh, anyway, <laughs> I was like, oh, that ended sweeter than I thought it was going to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> me too. See, <laughs> just a kiss. Yeah, wasn't there only one season, season three. that didn't end that way? Season three. Every other season did. Yep. So we must keep a tradition. Okay, Chris. So something about this episode made me happy, but it's kind of esoteric and weird. But I, I think you'll get me. Oh I think boy. you'll get me, Chris. So the name of this Here's episode hoping. is Let Them Burn, right? No. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so back in season four, when when Crystal was still around, you know how oh I- at the end of Lovers Apart, Lauren's like walking down the road and then Crystal comes up in this car to pick her up. It's right before Lauren gets mm-hmm. kidnapped. Mm-hmm. There's this this Johnny Cash like song playing. 
I know you like that song. Which a lot. I really like. And the name of that song is Let It Burn. So as I was watching uh. this episode, I was like, thinking of Crystal and Lauren, and that made me happy. All right. Yes. Leaves will continue in your head canon. I know. So that made me happy. But I, it wouldn't really fit in my little recording of that I sent y'all in a short episode. Fair enough. People would have just been like, what is she talking about? Yeah, what? <laughs> don't get along. Don't get along. That's how the song goes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you to Kevin and to Taryn for sending in voice messages for us to use in this episode. We would love to hear your thoughts about it, about Let Them Burn. Oh, my God. <laughs> You can go leave a comment on the show notes over at drinksatthedoll.com slash 123123. You can also send us an email to feedback at drinksatthedoll.com. Do what Kevin and Taryn did. You can record a voice message using your smartphone and email that to us. Or you can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Drinks at the Doll is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. We also have podcasts for Killjoys and Orphan Black. You can listen to all of those. Find all of them at AskGenreTV.com. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks at the Doll. My name is Stephanie. Everybody drink and cry for the next episode, the last episode. My name is Annie. Everybody shift. My name is Chris. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Look, the only thing I've seen are really hot bow photos, and that's allowable. <laughs> I mean, she looks exceptionally hot. I'm sorry, but I'm being that's fair. a 13-year-old boy here. You know, spoiler, attractive cast looks attractive. Like, there's, there's no spoiler there. <laughs> Those are the only spoilers that Stephanie finds acceptable. Yeah. <laughs>